I would like to thank Bishop Benjamin Watts for entrusting me to deliver a word from the Lord. If you bow your heads with me in a short prayer, we will start this evening worship. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to stand in front of your people to deliver your message. Please allow me to remove myself from this place and allow you to take over and to deliver the message. It is a privilege to stand behind this sacred desk and I do not take it lightly. Hide me behind the cross so that your vision can be here and you are visible to those receiving the message. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Tonight's words come from Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 27. And it reads, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you would wear. It is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds in the air. They do not swallow or weep or show away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than them? Can any one of you be worried about a single hour to your life? The word of the Lord. In 1988, before I begin, the title of the sermon is called, Don't Worry, God Got You. In 1988, Bobby McFan released a song with the title, Don't Worry, Be Happy. We all have sung it. It's a little song I wrote. I want to sing it note for note. Don't worry, be happy. In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Anyways, we have all sung it, spoke it, and referred to it multiple times. But have we stopped to think about the meanings? Does that sound familiar to anybody? Especially if every life we have some trouble, when we worry, we make it double. But does, but does, but does, but have we stopped to consider what Bobby McFlay might be telling us? The song refers to the fact that we should instead focus, instead of focus on the wrong, what we're lacking, and what we wish we could have to be happy. Instead, we rather constantly focus on the negative before we even let the happiness take over. So I ask you, what would God tell us if we were consistently worrying? In Proverbs 12, 25 tells us, 
Worry wears us down, but a cheerful word picks us up. Yes, sometimes we have to pour light into our own selves, pray for ourselves, as well as remind ourselves the goodness of God, and that will make us happy. But instead, we focus on the could've, should've, and would've in our lives versus the blessings God has given us. We receive God's blessings daily, but we're too busy to notice them. We only see God's blessing when something out of the ordinary occurs, and then we praise God for all the blessings. But just a sidebar, it is okay to praise God even when things are not going the way we plan. If you allow me to refer, refer back to Matthew 6, starting at verse 25, the scripture tells us not to worry about life. We should not worry about life because in Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord has already stated he knows the plans that he has for us to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us hope and future. For the Lord has gone ahead, yes, ahead of us and straightened our crooked paths. Knowing that God has set our paths for us, we still worry about things we cannot change. And when we start feeling the confusion or losing control, we step in and take control while blocking what God has already put into the works. Sounds familiar? I have to confess. This is when we need to step out on faith and believe that God will step in when needed. He's already there, working on our behalf. I know we all have a little trust issue, and stepping down in faith can be more than a challenge that we really want to admit. I have a story tonight about stepping out on faith. I am blessed to be married to a very wonderful man for a very, very, very long time. When I married him, he was active duty in the military, and being a spouse of an individual in the military, one of the advantage is to have the opportunity to live in another country. So about a year within our marriage, he came to me and says, I am up for orders, and here are our options for different locations. We can go to Virginia, Florida, or Guam. Not knowing the pros or cons of these three locations, I took a leap of faith and said, I do not want to go anywhere where the weather is worse than Connecticut. And living in Connecticut, we all know that the weather could be anything at any given time. So I thought about it, and I said, well, Florida, Virginia is too close. No. Florida has hurricanes. 
Definitely no. Hmm. Guam is a tropical island, and since I am an island girl, why not? So yes on Guam. And he looks at me, are you sure? Because once I submit these papers, I cannot take it back. Yes, I'm sure I said with conviction. And just like that, we're going to Guam. Everything was fine, hunky-dory, until the moving trucks came and started packing up our belongings. Yes, reality was right in my face. I had emotions that made me wonder, was I really doing the right thing? Do I really want to leave Connecticut? Is it too late to tell my husband I changed my mind? The uncertainties and the fears and my worries were so beyond measure, but I knew I couldn't take it back. So we're off to the airport on the plane, and 23 hours later, we're on Guam. Like the birds in verse 26, I had to spread my wings and trust that the Heavenly Father, that, we, that he will take care of me and watch over me. I am valuable. You are valuable. Therefore, we don't have to worry. As we transition to live on Guam, I still have my doubts and my concerns because in my mind, I was going to a place that I had no clue. But I knew I had God with me, holding me up and giving me the peace that the world could not give me. By our time on Guam concluded, I had developed skills to overcome worry. Skills that I still use today. The first one is, I've learned to stop worrying. Like everyone here hearing me tonight, it is tough to stop worrying. But on my first night on Guam, I had to realize that I had a purpose on the island. The night that we arrived, we checked in, was assigned to our hotel room, which was on the 13th floor. And we headed off to bed after a long travel. Yeah, I said the 13th floor. While sleeping, I was awakened by movement of the bed. I looked around, wondering what was going on. I looked over to my husband, and he was fast asleep. So finally the room, or the bed, stopped moving, and I poked him to say, hey. So with one eye open, he goes, what? I said, did you feel that? He goes, yeah, still with one eye open. I said, well, what was it? It's an earthquake, Deb, go back to sleep. Did he just say earthquake and for me to go back to sleep? In the morning, after we got a, a, a good rest, 
watching the news, the meteorologist says that there was an earthquake and it was a 6.4 on the Richter scale. Surprised and angry at my husband, I said to him, the deal was you would take me no place where the weather is worse than Connecticut. And once again, he looked at me, this time with both eyes open. Yeah, why are you worrying? Earthquakes are not factors of the weather. And off he went. My husband was correct. Earthquakes are not caused by the weather. They are caused by two plates in the earth that comes together and cause friction. When these plates make the friction, it releases the energy in waves that travels through the earth crust. When it shakes, that's what we're feeling, which is now called an earthquake. You know I wasn't happy that the fact that my husband was right, that it was not weather related. Second notice on how to overcome worry is you have to learn to start worshiping. From that day forward, I realized my purpose on the island was divined and that the only thing I could do must accept the journey that God has placed me on. Verse 32 of Matthew 6 says, Jesus is reminding us that our Heavenly Father always have everything we need mapped out for us. All we have to do is wait on the Lord for his directions. For he has designed who we are, our steps, and our directions from the time we are in the womb. Therefore, we're not walking by buying fleet. We're walking in the presence of the Lord, who has already set the path in front of us. But for some reason, we like to help God, or more like take control and tell God, I got this. Watch me do this. But we know very well that God does not like when we get in his way. Let's be truthful. We do that often and when we trip, stumble, and sometimes fall and bust our knees, we seek God for help. Please don't misunderstand me. We praise and give thanks to God for all of the blessings that he gives us. He has placed more than we like to recognize and acknowledge in our lives. But sometimes we forget that we must be in continuous praise, especially during the good and the bad. We forget so much that sometimes God has to give us a wake-up call and tell us to get out the way that's when we become more prayerful because now God is kind of yelling at us. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. The final point is we have to stay winless, which is total peace 
and finding stillness. Once we stop worrying and learn how to praise and worship God, we can see God's total peace and stillness that God gives us naturally. For example, there was a time, another story on Guam, that a typhoon was, a typhoon was scheduled to come through the island. As you probably already guessed, the island was starting to prepare themselves for the storm. The meteorologists classified it as a typhoon and they had scheduled it to hit the island by nightfall. They informed us that the winds was ranging anywhere between 150 to 185 miles per minute. To give you an idea what a difference between a hurricane and a typhoon, Hurricane Sandy in 2012 was clocked approximately 100 to 120 miles per minute, just to give you an idea. I got up that morning, went off to work to prepare the office for the storm. My husband was home preparing the house for the storm. And when I opened up the door with a huge smile, he says to me, we're ready for the storm. I said, oh yeah? He goes, yeah. We got the emergency kit set. We got new batteries. There's water in the tub. We got some water bottles for drinking. The window is cracked so that when the pressure comes through, we don't get the headache and we don't get sick from all that pressure. I said, cool. You got to go going out. Great for you. Great, wonderful job. But as he's showing me around the room, he takes me into the rest, into the bathroom to show me in the tub that he set the water and there was no water. The stopper in the tub didn't work. So all the water that he set went down the drain. Can you imagine my husband not too happy? He's like, now what are we gonna do? I'm like, don't worry. We got it under control. We got drinking water and we got five gallon jugs to take baths if we need to have water. We cool. We got it all under control. I'm not worrying. God got me. I'm not worrying one bit. A few hours later, the weather changed and the storm started to approach the island. As precaution, my husband would do a walk around the house to make sure that everything was okay, no water coming through the door frames, the window frames, etc. I'm sitting in the corner and chilling, reading a book, and I know that kind of upset him because I'm so calm through this storm. So during one of his walks, he noticed that one of the windowsills, a little bit of water was coming in, and he says to me, we have to go outside. What? Yeah, we gotta go outside and close that shutter so the water doesn't come in. Now on Guam, to help save the windows, they will put shutters, and the shutter's like an accordion so that when the breeze comes, it hits the, the shutters and not the windows and they anchor it closed so that way it stays closed during the storm. And he's not telling me we have to go outside and close one of those shutters. I looked at him, I said, mm-mm. Do you not know there's a storm going on outside? He goes, yeah, we're gonna wait until the eye of the storm comes, we're gonna gear up and we're gonna go outside. Uh-uh. He said, damn, get ready. 
So I'm walking around the house like this man crazy. He want me to go outside in a storm that has 185 miles per hour? Mm-mm, he crazy. All of a sudden I hear, damn, get ready. So what I do, I put on my raincoat, I put on my rain boots, put on my rain hat, and ready I was ready to go. Then he goes to me and go, here, what's this for? It's a flashlight. What's that for? When we go outside, I need a flashlight so I can see what, how to anchor this door. I said, okay. Now to give you an idea from the distance that we had to go from, from my front door to the shutter, it was about from me to about here. So it was a little distance, but not too, too far of a distance. So that was about the distance that we had to go out. So we got our stuff on, we go outside, my husband's geared up, I'm geared up, I got the flashlight, and he goes to me, okay, okay, point it right here, this is where I need it. Put the flashlight right here. So I got my flashlight. He goes, Dad, we're going to hold a little tighter. He's starting to shake a little bit. I'm holding the best I can, holding the best I can. A little bit tighter, hold on, Dad, a little bit tighter. Keep, I can't hold it anymore. And all of a sudden I hear him say, I got it. And the next thing I know, I'm inside the house. Don't ask me how I got in the house, but I was inside the house. And after I got inside the house, I'm like this, dripping wet from the top of my head all the way down. And there's a puddle of water around my circle, my, my feet. And he's looking at me, taking off his stuff, and I'm like, cool. Let's do that again. He looked at me and said, girl, please, let's go inside. Let's take your clothes off. This is way, you're going to wait up the house. Now, I have to admit, yes, I told my husband, no weather worse than Connecticut. And I just went outside in a storm that was 150, 180 miles per hour per minute plus, going through the eye of the storm. And instead of me kicking and screaming like I usually do, I went along with it. But you know what? I had peace and calm. So let me tell you something. When you have peace and calm, and I'm outside with the, the ring around my front yard, and the water is circling. Now, the reason why the water was a circle was because God was embracing me, and that was him dripping on my carpet on my front door. So therefore, I didn't have to worry about it because we got suited up. We put on the suit, the correct suit, that was designed to withstand the battle that we had to face once we went outside in the water. We put on our raincoat, our slickers, and our rain boots, and we all know that when you put on the full armor, God takes control. So we didn't have to worry about nothing after that. So I'm here to tell you that life does give us storms and you will go through these storms nonstop. But once we put our trust and our hope and our belief and just allow God to do what he needs to do, no storm is too great for us to go through. In fact, sometimes the journey through the storm, you come out saying, that was fun, let's do it again. Because God will test us, he would definitely put us through some storms. And most of the times our storm is our way for our growth, for, our, for us to be able to be ready for the next level that God has plans for us.
So, the next time you hear Bobby McFay say, don't worry, be happy. In your life, expect some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. I'm telling you, don't worry, because God got you. Also, we have to remember in the same scripture, Jesus told his disciples in th verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Also, God has reminded us that trust the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding because it will induce you to worry and God wants us to be happy. Thank you everyone for allowing me to stand in front of you this evening. And as we close tonight's service, I'd like to remind everyone about tomorrow, which is community prayer at one o'clock. So please do not hesitate to call in and get lifted by the word from our speaker of the hour. Also tonight, Beloved Gifts goes to help the community. So all that you get, donate tonight is going to help those who are in need in the community. So there are three ways that you can give. You can do by Giftify, Cash App, or by mail. Also, I'd like to pray for those who need prayer. I know there might be some, that, there's many that I do not know of, but I'd like to reach out and pray for them, keep them under our prayers. So as we pray for each other, continue to pray for me as well. And our closing prayer is tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, dear Lord, for allowing me to stand behind the sacred desk. Thank you for the words that came out of my mouth. I pray that it helps and lifts up somebody who is hearing my words. You're a mighty God, awesome God, and we are so thankful for what you have done in our past, in our present, and we can't wait to see what you have for us in the future. So as you go to about the rest of your week, I pray peace and love from me to you in the presence of the Almighty God. Amen. <laughs>